we're going to die and we won't be able to read all the books. That was really morbid. Yeah. Yeah, but when I'm, <laughs> when I'm picking up a book off my shelf, I don't want to be like, oh, I better put that down so I can read this other book before, before I die. die. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're discussing rereading, when, why, and how to reread your favorite books. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Before we start bickering, we have a listener question from our dear friend Gretchen. We would love to hear your questions and what you want to hear from us each week. So if you want to submit a listener question for us to answer on the podcast, you can connect with us via social media or email. We're probably most active on Instagram at he read, she read, but we also have a Twitter account at that same handle, and our email is hereadshereadpodcast at gmail.com, and any of those ways is a great way to reach us with a question. So Gretchen's question for this week is, do you ever get into a reading slump, and how do you get out of it and start slash finish a book again? I feel like you should answer this first because my segue will be into our main topic. Okay. Planning ahead. Well, first I think there's a couple different kinds of a reading slump. I think there's a slump where you just don't feel like reading anything at all. And you're just not reading for a while. But I call that life. (laughs) Um, And then I think there's a kind of slump where you read a few books in a row, but none of them really grab you. And nothing's really hitting the spot. So in either case, the recipe for me to come out of a reading slump is to read something that is fast-paced, usually a mystery or a thriller, and short. So I can read it within two days. For that sense of accomplishment, just to have it. That sense of, I read something. Yeah. Partly the sense of accomplishment, but also I just think like something that is a real page turner Mm -hmm. gets me out of the reading slump and back into it. Usually I hit a slump after reading a lot of heavy books or if there's just a lot going on outside of my reading life and I need something like that I can just rip through without giving it much thought. Usually for me, the formula is a mystery. That's also like a comforting thing for me because I just love mysteries and grew up reading mystery books. But that's that's my secret sauce. What's yours? So when I think of a slump, I'm thinking a different term where I'm like a quarter halfway through a really big book. Like the, oh, the example yeah. that I would use is when I read Ron Chernow's Washington biography. That I read that book over like two years because I would get to a point where I would just be I I would open it and just not be into where I was Mm -hmm. and just it wasn't catching my attention. I enjoyed the book overall, but there were periods where I just couldn't get to the next page. Yeah. My solution for that most of the time is to pick up something that I have already read that I'm familiar with that I can breeze through and see if I can glean something new from it and then go back to the big book that I'm having trouble with. This episode was born out of me watching you read these books and then like reach for a book that I've seen you read a thousand times and being like, why you do that? <laughs> why? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a strange, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's a strange habit. Um, 
for somebody who owns as many books as I do that, that I you haven't, haven't read, read. Yeah, that I haven't read, and that will still go to bookstores uh, and buy more books to add to the TBR stack. And yet, when it comes down to it, and I really am looking for something to read on my shelf, I'll grab something that I've already read multiple times and start reading it again. I just don't understand. Well, I can do my best to try to explain it, and hopefully there's other people out there that think like I do. I know there are. I know for a fact that there are. I'm just not one of them. But I think this is a great idea. This was your idea for an episode, I think, mostly because we argue about it so much. (laughs) So convince me. Give me some reasons that you reread and some books that kind of are perfect for rereading for you so this doesn't limit itself to books so like my favorite movies my favorite tv shows my favorite video games i rewatch or i replay and spend a lot of time invested in the things that i enjoy so i don't know if that's a major personality thing with me that i just yeah i hate watching rewatching movies I love unless it. it's like from so many years ago that i'm not going to remember it very well which is something that you brought up for your pros. For my books, yeah. yeah. But it, it's something that I just enjoy doing because I am invested in the story, whether it's a book, movie, or a video game, TV show. I'm that invested and that attuned with the story that I want to experience it again. So, and I'm a book buyer as well, so like they're available. It isn't something that I... I get rid of books very rarely and something that I, that's actually what I'm, I look at a book and will I read this ever again? And then it goes to half price books. If I look at it and I think I'll read it again, I'll keep it because odds are it'll probably get read again. But you'll, there are a couple of books that I think you read at least once a year. I don't know if it comes down to once a year or if I just will do it multiple times over a five, a five year span. Um, like I already want to reread the Patrick Rothfuss books and I first read those like two years ago. So that's kind of a quick turnaround for me, but I just want to get back into that world because he hasn't written the third one. So I'm, I'm And you just love that world yeah. so much. Yeah. That's what I did for Game of Thrones. Does it give you feelings? Yeah. It gives me feelings. I was just thinking of the last episode. <laughs> Where I said I didn't have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can take credit for this. Like the longer I was married to you, the more feelings I have developed. When I was reading as a kid, it was just like, oh, there's there's mysteries. Pat this self on back good, for good job. breaking Curtis's hard shell. <laughs> but it, that's like one reason that I think rereading is really important is if you've got a series that the author is not quick about putting out the next book, then it's something that you want to return yeah. to the story. Game of Thrones is a big indicator of that with George R.R. R. Martin. Um, you I've, haven't reread those though. Uh, yeah, I, I've read the fifth one twice. Okay. So mostly because I read it fast when it first came out, and I felt like I missed certain things. Sure. And then when whatever season of the show was coming out, I read it again just to make sure that I was up with the storyline. Yeah, I I do understand that with series, but I think that's why in recent years I just have pretty much stopped reading series like books in a series unless they're well unless they're books in a series that could be read as standalones so an example is the book we just got in the mail today lethal white Mm -hmm. robert galbraith oh he's the best um it's jk rowling i know (laughs) 
but you can read the back of the cover and they're just like uh, Robert Still Galbraith pretending that nobody knows has set himself apart as one of the best thriller writers <laughs> and like you're not fooling anybody that's that's JK Rowling those are my my favorite mystery series but i don't necessarily have to remember what happened in the previous one in order to enjoy this next book but it makes your experience better if you know the full story sure but there will be enough reminders in this one because there are certain book series that do that. Like mysteries like this are an example. There will be enough callbacks to what previously happened in the last book if it's important for me to know in order to get the plot of this one. Other series like Game of Thrones, they're not going to like George R. R. Martin. I'm just going to tell more story, 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 add characters. And he's not going to like go back for people who don't remember. So... I, there are a couple of series that I am like halfway through right now. The rest of the books have come out, but I am like, I don't even want to finish because I know I have to go back and reread from the beginning in order to fully get the experience out of it. What's your example? Um, the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. Okay. Cinder is the first one. Um, love those books. They're YA, so they're quick. in theory, they should. They are thick books. But in theory, like, it would probably take me a couple of weeks to get through and finish the last one. Literally, it's only one left in the series that I haven't read. So why don't you just want to pick up that one and finish it? Because I feel like I wouldn't get as much out of it because it's been so... It's been a couple of years, maybe three years since I've read the last one. Oh, this is primary reading criteria. See, you would love this. Yeah. That, but that, I don't because I just want to read all the new books. I have other books that I want to read. I, I don't want to go back. If you're that invested in the storyline and the characters, it should be an enjoyable experience to go back and read it again. And I feel every time that I go through it, we'll stick with the series. Mm-hmm. Every time I go through, I realize new things that I enjoy. So I'll find new quotes. I'll find relationships or little subtleties between characters that I didn't notice before because we're both fast readers so there's yeah. things that we don't enjoy or notice we don't savor exactly. books necessarily yeah. we, we go through but to get the full scope of the story but on every time that you reconsume it you notice different things this... I get that totally I am very much inclined to do that with like books that I loved from my childhood so for example um, maybe two years ago now, I reread Anne of Green Gables, and that was a book that I hadn't read for, you know, a good 15 years. Um, and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved that reading experience of going back, and I totally got different stuff out of it. But a lot of that was, like, age and experience. So I kind of like that when there's, like, a definite age gap. So I can, like, I'm almost a different person when I'm reading. And I know it could be argued, like, you're different every year, different experiences, but... I've used that argument before. Yeah, but I'm more inclined if it's been, like, a long while. Like, a couple, another book that's on my to-reread list is Emma by Jane Austen, which I read senior year of high school. Haven't read it since. You've changed a lot since senior year of high school. Yeah. And so it would be fun to reread, and yet, have I made the time to do it? Not yet. I have not. Well, then it's prioritization. So when 
you look at all the new stuff that's out and you you rank that higher than looking at things that you've already experienced. Yeah. So that's and the like ba- ooh shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the battle that like goes on in the heart of a true rereader is they still have new things to read. They just you look, gravitate towards what you've read because it's comfortable. Yeah. And it's a story or an experience that you want to experience again. Like on your topic of like going back with a new lens and a new Mm -hmm. experience like i can read books that i read when i was in college like before i was on active service or before i was deployed Mm -hmm. and i can read books that i read that kind of were prepping me for that role because you read a lot of like military science leadership books yeah and then now that i have a little bit more experience been to multiple countries different mission sets now that i reread it you know places in afghanistan that they mentioned that wouldn't have made any impact on me when i was younger now i look at that and i'm like oh i know where that is Mm -hmm. because i was there Uh, so that's like as we change and our perspective and experience changes we can go back and look at things with a different lens different scope so i get that I do get that. It's just not my inclination. It's not my natural instinct to do that and to reread and reach for something that I already read. I feel like you're, you understand why the, like the reason why it's just your personality and the way that you operate and your prioritization just doesn't lend you towards rereading. No, it doesn't. I think that's just why we're different. There, well... So, like I said, like, I'm inclined to read books that I read as a kid, like Anne of Green Gables, but I will say that was a totally different reading experience also because I listened to it on audio. I am definitely more likely to reread something if I'm listening to it as an audiobook because that's a different experience and because that still affords me the time to be reading physical other books. Because when I'm always listening yeah. to an audiobook. While I'm reading other stuff. So not like at the same time, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. So I'm inclined to reread as audio because that's a totally new experience. Also, you can be doing it while you're... Doing laundry. Or riding in the car. Yeah. So it doesn't take away from your actual... Reading, reading sit down reading time. Um, I think partly because I'm an English major slash English teacher. Rereading the classics is something that I like to do. And I like to use the term classics really broadly because I think we need to include more diverse voices in the classics. So it's not just Jane Austen. But to that same end, because I am an English teacher, I do reread the classics and certain books all the time when I teach them. And that gets really sickening. So I reread for my job. I can't tell you how many times I read Romeo and Juliet because it's reading it on my own to make sure that I remember everything, which at this point I don't, I've taught it four years in a row or whatever. So I I don't do that anymore really. But then the kids are reading it in class. I'm reading um, close reading exercises on it. And I think I've probably read it at least 50 times in the last four years i feel like rereading for work is a different experience too yeah well when you're forced to do it for professional reasons 
I feel like it's just kind of sours you on the whole thing. A little bit, yeah. I mean, in some ways I love it because I every year with new kids you discover new things. Mm-hmm. But it just makes me that much less likely to reread stuff that I'm reading for personal enjoyment rather than for work. I think personal enjoyment is the key focal of this whole argument. Sure. Is I get more enjoyment, potentially, mm-hmm. out of if I have two things in front of me, one that I know is a universe or concept that I have enjoyed previously Mm -hmm. and something that's totally new and unknown, I'll lean forward on with something that I'm familiar with. Yeah. And I'll still get personal enjoyment out of it and still come back down the line and read that new thing. I'll just choose to do something that I am confident in first. I get that. You mentioned Game of Thrones a little bit and some of your military leadership books but and name of the wind but what do you have any other series or books specifically that you have reread or that you like to turn to all the time uh michael j sullivan's theft of swords ryria books how many times have you read those i'd say going on three or four for the whole series uh well he's got the main ryria series and then a prequel trilogy that i've only read one time through and then now he's got a new series that I've only read the first book. Mm-hmm. But the original three books, um, which was really six, but published as sets of two, those I've read probably three times. Um, and it was, for that one, what aided in it was I could put it on my tablet mm-hmm. and I read them as the ebooks. So they were quick to get through. I had it in my Humvee when I was on, you know, deployments or rotations and like stuff was died down and I could just read. So what about that series makes it good for rereading characters? So it's the storyline is pretty typical of a fantasy um, genre. There's dwarves, there's elves, thieves, humans. The characters and their relationships is what really speaks to me. So I'll go back and I'll and it's like quick hitting banter. So the quick hitting banter is something that I'll like read through the first time, maybe understand the broad strokes, but I'll go back a second time and be like, oh, that's really funny. So on subsequent rereads, I'll find like I'll bookmark pages and be like, hey, I didn't notice that the first time, or this character is speaking to me more than this character from the first time that I read it. You actually put the bookmarks in and like mark that on my ebook. I will, so I'll just like put a little tab on there and be like, "Hey, that was fun." That'd be kind of fun to do with book darts. I do that with the Anne series. Book darts, book darts are something that you used to do that I would make fun of and be like, "I don't really understand the reason for it," and now I am uh-huh. all in on the book darts. <laughs> I love it. Um, but that's so. I just bought um, the Doris Kearns. Goodwin, uh, Leadership in Turbulent Times. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Afghanistan, I read uh, another kind of similar book where it's a leadership case study and put books, darts and highlights and all the stuff through. So I'm interested to compare those two books. Mm -hmm. So that's the good thing about book darts is I can go back and... You can skim. Yeah, find pages that that spoke to me and then do the same thing with this new thing. Yeah. So. So either it sounds to me like obviously character is huge for you yes so the characters so you like to go back and like hang out with your friends basically yeah and then um 
in your nonfiction, it's like something that you can get something like learn a new thing out of professional development Mm -hmm. and then that aids itself for rereading when i am in a different experience than the first time i read it gotcha which is most often the case like i know know you said like people change every year i'll reread most of my like leadership books maybe once every three or four yeah just to see if there's new things that i'm picking up on well they're also just like long books you wouldn't have time to read anything else if you just reread those all the time no but I'm smart enough to look back and know that there's probably new things that this author can tell me. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we have our finite experience. The fun thing about pe- these books is that they're not only applying their own experience and perspective, but that of other historical people. So that's just adding to the lessons that we can learn. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of rereading for professional development. Mm-hmm. I... I think for me, it's just a matter of so many books and so little time. And I just want to read all the books. And I have, it would be easier for me, I think, if I only liked one or two genres of books and I stuck with that. But I like to read a little bit of everything. And so that especially makes me like, ooh, this looks pretty. Ooh, book over there. Ooh. I think you're more tied in with the the new hotness in the That's true in too. the book scene. I don't really have that same perspective because if I'm a year or so behind the what's just come out, yeah. it's not really that much of a concern to me. So I'll I'll buy a book and have it sit in my shelf for mm-hmm. maybe a year or two. I'll do that too, but I'm still not rereading. <laughs> I just get excited about the new stuff. Yeah. But it I'm not and I say new, but that doesn't necessarily mean a new release. It could just be new to me. That's what I mean by new book. It can be backlist. It's just if I haven't read it, then it's new to me. Right. That's what I mean. Right. But also new releases do get my heart beating pretty fast. I just love them. It's a rush. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend. Hi Anna. <laughs> Who reread Jane Eyre every summer, like from when she was little through high school? Was there a specific reason? It was just her favorite book. She reread it every single summer, and I'm sure she got something different out of it. So I've read Jane Eyre maybe three times now. I'm fine with not reading it. Maybe, maybe I would if I taught it, but yeah. I don't know. I just that wasn't really. That wasn't really me. You need an emotional connection to either the storyline or the characters. Sure. So that's that's the reason I keep coming back to certain things. Why I'll watch a TV show or a movie because I'm connected to the story or the character. Maybe I don't have feelings now. <laughs> so, we flipped. So I just sucked out all of your feelings, and then now you're just this cold shell yeah. of a human being. Yeah. That's sad. There are a couple of books, like I said, I I do get feelings from the Anne of Green Gables series, and so I do turn to that for comfort, but just not often. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I like the rereading Lady Hardcastle because it's funny and I love those characters. See? You're you're with me on that one. I want to reread The Hate You Give before the movie, mm-hmm. partly because I really love it, but 
I don't know. It's just, it's not what I'm drawn to in rereading. I don't know. I think you brought up something in that would be fun is taking a book that we enjoyed in either childhood or high school or the opposite that we didn't like Mm -hmm. and then do a buddy read on it and see if our feelings have changed. Yeah, I think we are going to have to do that for one of our buddy reads. I think that would be smart. I think that'd be fun. What are some other books that are on your list that you want to reread, but you have not reread them yet? Okay, so books that I have already mentioned that I want to reread are The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, um, and that leadership book that I was talking about uh, is Forged in Crisis uh, by Nancy Cohen that I kind of want to read in tandem with uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin's new book. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that comes to mind is uh, Once an Eagle by Anton Myrer, which is probably one of the longer books on my shelf. It's over a thousand pages. Um, but it's... I, I know. but I And I reread it twice already. So it's another one of those, like in the first episode I talked about, uh, Gates of Fire by uh, Stephen Pressfield. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those required military readings that's supposed to be about uh, leadership case study. It's fiction, but it's something that I really want to read before I'm a battery commander mm-hmm. because a lot of what it talks about is personal relationships between commanders and their soldiers and a, a successful version of that versus somebody who is not successful at that and is kind of yeah. just in it for themselves. So with my command fast approaching, and I say fast approaching in like the next year or two, that's something that I want to reread before then just to make like get that image in my head of what a good commander is like. So yeah, that's, that's an example. I guess I should summarize what I was talking about rereading, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of wrap up our final comments on that. Yeah. So I mentioned rereading the Anne of Green Gables series, which I'm halfway through. Anne of Green Gables, the first book specifically. Great reread on audio. Um, I've mentioned wanting to reread The Lunar Chronicles, Emma by Jane Austen, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. I think that was pretty much it for what I I mentioned. There might be more that I think of and we can do some posts about that or some Instagram discussions. But basically, if you were to summarize your thoughts on rereading in 20 seconds, what would you say? It's worth it. As long as you are emotionally connected with either the story or the characters. And I agree 100% with you that, you know, we're trying to read every book that's on our shelves but they're not going anywhere and if it takes you but we are someday we're gonna die and we won't be able to read all the books that was really morbid yeah yeah but when i'm (laughs) when i'm picking up a book off my shelf i don't want to be like oh i better put that down so i can read this other book before Before i I die die. (laughs) it's not something that i want to think about chelsea (laughs) reading's supposed to be a wonderful time Am I supposed to summarize now? No, okay. you don't have to. Because I, I don't really have thoughts on rereading like you do. I don't, I guess my summary would be I don't have strong feelings about it. I think with the right kind of book and the right audiobook, it can work for me. But my first instinct is not to reach for something that I've already read. And I think that that's okay. There's nothing wrong we with that. We live in harmony with that. 
You we just, get along fine. You just have to accept that I have maybe a hundred books in my office. That, that you're I never going to read. No, that I haven't read yet. And then I keep Curtis, buying new books. You're going to be 99 on your deathbed after a long life of love and happiness. <laughs> and you know what's going to be weighing you down? The books you bought and never read. I will accept that notion because I would rather have that be the case than to have already read everything that I've ever wanted to read and be bored. But I'm not, but there's you infinite know, no, material, no, 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 so I'm no, never no, going to be no, bored. No, 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 no. There's but I'm no, not going to own these books that I've no, never read because I will read everything that I own. There's no comeback to that. It's, I always have. Okay, Mr. Debate Club? I was, a debate, I was in Debate Club in high school. So you're yeah. you're up you're up for a good one. The Oh god. I should have just left it. I would rather have books sitting that I haven't read. Large print by then, because you're not gonna be able to see. <laughs> I'm still thinking about you when you're ninety nine. Regardless. Low blow, but still, regardless. <laughs> I would rather that be the case than for me to have burned through everything on my TBR and be looking for something to read. My TBR is never ending though. It's just that I don't own everything because I go to the library. Do we need to have a full-on library versus buy debate? I think we've Ooh, I had. think so. I think we've got a series going on. Confrontation. Bring yeah. it on. Bring it on. Battle of the Bookworms. All right. Well, what are you reading right now? I am on the fifth book in Stephen King's Dark Tower series, which... I'm, I'm honestly it's not taking forever. This is kind of the same conversation that we started this podcast with. I'm in, I'm in a little bit of a rut. Because you are in the middle of that one and I don't see you picking it up very often. Yeah. And it's not a series that I'm going to reread. It's a series that I've enjoyed, but it's kind of one of those, I don't know what you would call it, just classic works of sci-fi that I, I feel like. As, as a sci-fi fantasy fan. I had to read but it's not something that I'm going to come back to and reread. It's it's good. It's just not... Not re- the pull for you. Not, not, re- the, not rereadable. Not characters you want to hang out with again. I mean, I love Roland. Roland is the best gunslinger I've ever enjoyed reading about. But there's other things out there. And Now you sound like me. <laughs> well, there's other series that are continuing. This series well, is, com- is complete. You know what I think you need. What do I need? Let me prescribe you a book. Dr. Chelsea, bring it on. I think you probably need to read Lethal White to get out of your rut. Because you'll tear through that. I will, yeah. But I'm also reading uh, My Share of the Task, which is the memoir by General Stanley McChrystal. So Mm -hmm. I'm working through that right now. Um, It's actually on the toilet. So that's my toilet read. Oh, (laughs) people don't need to know that. What? I have different books at different locations. So when I'm when I'm waking that's up, that's personal information. When I'm waking up in the morning, I just want to read something. That's oh man, that's on there. I'm fine sharing that with the world. Okay. If the world wants to know where I'm reading, I'm reading on, on the toilet. I'm reading on the You're toilet. probably not the only one. Yeah. I, that's an interesting question. So, like, do you have different books in different spots of your house, where, like. Depending on your mood, you're picking up different things. Because I leave a book in the in the bathroom, and I'll mm-hmm. have something in there that I just pick up, and then I have something that I'm reading for relaxation. 
you know me. You always see me carrying books from room to room to room. Yeah, I just choose to have them spaced out. Oh my gosh. What are you reading right now? Right now, today I just finished reading The Radical Element, which is a collection of short stories edited by Jessica Spotswood, but it's by a bunch of different YA young adult authors. And it's like teenage feminist short stories, and it was amazing. I promptly put it in the mail for one of my former students because I had to share it. And I'm reading The Ensemble by Asia Gable. But I, I like The Ensemble so far. Not one that I would put on my list to reread, but it's one that I am slowly savoring, which is a different reading experience from my norm. And it's pretty good. That's what I'm rereading. Okay. Or reading. That's what I... That is what I'm reading right now. Words. Words. I'm starting to get low blood sugar again. We need to go make dinner. Do you want to... Do your recommendation for the week? Yeah. Do you know yours? Yes. What's your recommendation of the week? Well, we kind of touched on it throughout this episode, but I, th- I feel like it's important just to bring up, regardless of what you do, and if you like to read, uh, you should do something for professional development. So for me, it's picking up Leadership in Turbulent Times by Doris Kearns Goodwin. So that was my pickup for the week. But regardless of what you do, it's, it's a good idea to just see what you do from other people's perspective and other people's experiences to see if you can apply that to your own life. So I'm a big fan of professional development. I've had some questions on that from some of my buddies if we're going to talk about that on the podcast. So if we get enough, you know, requests for it for specific things. Yeah, we we could do a full episode. Yeah, but just for recommendation for this week is, you know, find something. Read a book that will make you professionally better. There you go. My recommendation of the week, which I guess could tie into that if you need to be organized in order to be a better professional, is the planner that I've been using. And I feel like I can recommend it now that I've been using it for about three months. But I'm a planner, notebook junkie. I love it. But it's the Get to Work book planner by um, Elise Joy is her like company name. Um, and it's amazing. The paper quality is phenomenal. Very little bleed through when using pens and highlighters. That's an important factor. It is. Um, it's maybe not the most like tote bag friendly. It's tote kind what? of leave me alone. Tote bag. <laughs> tote bag. <laughs> I trained myself to say bag when we lived in Georgia so that I wouldn't get teased all the time. Tote bag. <laughs> you say it. Tote bag. People are going to think you say it funny too. The tote bag. People, rewind that segment <laughs> and listen to the I don't know if I'm going to keep said. that in. No, you should. <laughs> anyway, the planner is amazing. And that's the end of that. Our first buddy read is coming up. It's A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. So you started it. I'm going to start it really soon. But we are buddy reading that, and then we will be discussing it on an episode that will air October 30th. So you can read along with us and then listen to our discussion. I think that's a good fall read because it's a lot of people like to read fantasy in the fall and winter because they see it as like a cozy genre. Well, also there's blood magic, so that's very October. Yes, it's like kind of got that 
good like Halloween element, right? True. But yeah, I think that'll be a good one. And then just make sure that you don't miss an episode from us by subscribing to our podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your favorites. I personally like Podcast Addict. That's what I I used to. Yeah. And if you would leave a review on iTunes and pass the link on to a bookish friend in your life, we would be ever so grateful because part of why we wanted to do this podcast was to kind of build a reading community and foster reading plus relationships. So it helps us to know that we're not just talking to ourselves. Even though talking to each other is very enjoyable. It is. That was was pretty cute. flirting. Low-key flirting. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And remember, the couple that reads together understands that your husband has friends that are book characters. You know, they can't see your eyebrows on the podcast. (laughs)